Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. RowanRadio.com Channel 2. Welcome everyone to this Wednesday edition of Offsides. My name is Jack Miller, your WGLS Sports Director, and I'm joined with three guests. We have Tom Hill, Aiden Ray, as well as the Sam Prince. We're all in the house today here in the WGLS studios, breaking down what happened in the week of sports in the past few days. Aaron uh, was your Monday host, Rizzo is your Friday host, but it is Wednesday, and we are here on this very warm Wednesday. It's uh, starting. Some showers uh, were sprinkling on me when uh, I came in to uh, Bozarth Hall, but it's a it's a really nice day, Tom, for uh, for the the end of February. The last day of February is tomorrow. Yeah, it's a phenomenal day. We get an extra day of February, which I know everybody loves. But spring training, spring training, baseball, yeah, homers, Otani, back. Yeah, it's all back, and it's it's fun to watch. Um, but uh, Ray Prince, I mean, how how are we doing today with the uh, with the weather getting um, pretty much warmer, and the groundhog his thirty nine percent streak has gone up to around forty. I mean, that's that's his. I think that's his correctness rate. If I'm wrong, I mean, I think he's usually thirty nine percent right. He's going up to forty now because it, early spring's on its way. Doing well, of course. Um, yeah. Um, beautiful weather coming out of my nine thirty class the other yesterday. Um, it was pretty sunny out and around 60 degrees yesterday and of course today in like the high 60s as well with like clouds in the sky so it's been really nice been able to wear shorts outside like without pants of course but like just wearing shorts outside and been able to chill and of course looking forward to more warm weather as we hit the month of march Aiden, i'm gonna stop you there shorts without pants shorts without pants no like no i'm what i mean <laughs> is shorts under under them and then like to make it easy like, like no, because I wear because I'm I'm I wear shorts all the time. And that makes sense, but That's, I mean I'm, I'm I mean I'm wearing shorts as we speak. So, <laughs> but I, I had I had to stop you there. But yeah, Jack, it's great to be here with you guys today. Uh, you know, it's been great out, nice weather out this week. But let's take a chill pill. It could get colder out the next two weeks. So let's enjoy it while it's here. Yeah, it's supposed to get colder tomorrow. It's supposed to be in the 40s tomorrow. But then it's supposed to climb back into the 60s by Tuesday again. So it's uh, the spring is showing. Uh, I feel like I kind of worded that wrong when yeah. I um, did it. But the spring the spring is showing. The spring is showing. All right. um, but we're going to move to uh, – we're talking about baseball. Base, Rowan baseball started uh, – well, ba- Rowan softball started. And then Rowan baseball was supposed to start but they canceled their game. Um, but Rowan's softball season started yesterday. Um, we're going to we're just keep, uh, I guess, baseball slash softball in our back pocket. We're going to talk about basketball um, because in the NBA, Max Struess for the Cleveland Cavaliers, pretty much the headline for today's show, had a half-court buzzer beater, beyond half-court, 59-footer, uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. They were at home in Cleveland, but off a beyond half-court shot, won the game for the Cavs. And, Tom, the Cavs, they just keep rolling and mowing down their opponents no matter if they're in the East or in the West. They just keep putting on performances and find ways to win no matter what in a very tough East where the Boston Celtics pretty much roam free in the first uh, in the first seed. Yeah, and what an unbelievable game from Max Struess. You know, he only played in 25 minutes last night against Dallas and 7-12 from the field, 7-10 of from downtown, he had 21-4-4 as well as two blocks. So, listen, if you're the Cavs in this East where outside of maybe the Celtics and you can play a really good series, and I, as much as I like the Knicks, I worry a little bit about the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau teams have a tendency historically uh, to fall apart with injuries. So I worry a little bit about them moving forward in the playoffs. And I think outside of Boston, now with Philly and Joel Embiid, you know, that dynamic, we'll see what happens there and if he does get healthier. But I think if you're Cleveland, you've got to be really pumped about what you've been doing so far lately, Jack. As you mentioned, you're now 38-19 and on the season. And Struess, that was an unbelievable game winner at three-quarters court, and he just sunk him. Yeah, and in five minutes, he scored 15 points, five three-pointers, uh, and won the game for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But... Ray, it's a tough East uh, where you have the Celtics dominating up top at a 46 and 12 record, 33 and six in the conference, and they only have three losses out of their 30 games at home. And they're currently on a nine-game win streak. But the Cavaliers, they're right behind them, but they're seven and a half games back in the Eastern Conference, and they 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 have some contention behind them with the Bucks and the Knicks. But 
Um, the East is is getting tight where uh, there's a lot of teams in the middle of the pack that are really trying to climb the ladder in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, obviously, of course, besides the Celtics, like the, we see some tight races with between like the four and the eight seeds, of course, the Knicks, the Heat, the 76ers, the Magic, and the Pacers are all like two games apart of each other. Comparing to the Bucks and Cavaliers, Bucks being eight and a half behind Boston and Cavaliers being seven and a half, but they've been red. They've been red hot in this like since 2024 started. They've been playing really well, just like the same with the Celtics as well. But something I gotta say is the Western Conference is like the one through seven is like the same comparison as like the as like the one and two in the east yeah seven and a half that's what i wanted to talk to sam about next was sam that the the west it's more it's actually more contested than the east and there's a there's a seven and a half game difference between the Cavs and the celtics at the one and two seed but for the timberwolves and the thunder who uh lead the west there is a eight game difference between them and the mavericks who are the eighth seed in the west so it's actually more tight out in the West, and it's more of a competition um, and a more of a fight for these Western Conference teams. Um, but there, there, there's battles on both sides. Jack, I know you're a Thunder fan, so you're pretty happy with the Thunder being in <laughs> second. I am. I but am. You, you look at this Western Conference, you look at one through eight, all eight of those teams can theoretically go to the finals because, yeah, the West may be the best it's ever been in the past 20 years. Yeah, I'm saying that. Any one of these teams can win the finals, where I'm about to say the Timberwolves. I can see the Thunder win the finals. I can see the Nuggets win the finals. I could maybe see the Clippers win the finals. But you I could don't... see the. Oh, hold on, I want to backtrack. You said you you see the Timberwolves winning the finals. Yes. Okay. I do. They do have the talent to do it. They have the talent, but it's all about the execution. Do I think they will? No. But I, I think, can see them. I think they had the chance to make a push last year, but they didn't, and they they got the Nuggets right away, and. That was their issue. They just ran right ran into the into Nuggets. Buzz, so, yep. you, yeah, you ran right into them in the first round. But I, I don't know. I like. I know, like through the regular and, season. And I want to. I want to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. And Edwards is a player that people should start looking at as the new face of the league when LeBron James retires. Wow. Well, that. Might be a reach. Yeah, that might be. That a is not bit. a reach. Victor, Luca. I mean, we've. It's got... probably Victor at this point, but oh, yeah. he's the face of the Timberwolves right now, and I think for the Timberwolves, I I don't know what it is, but they, to me, it just seems like they're not a buzzsaw. I feel like every time they go against decent competition, they kind of just fall back a little bit, and it gets a little interesting. Like I th- I see them winning a series. But I don't see them being a buzzsaw as you were talking about, Tom, with the Nuggets. I mean, they were a higher seed in the West last year, two seed, and they they ran through everybody with ease, right? And I don't see them being that team in the West. What do, what do you see out in the West? I honestly just see the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are going to eventually put it all together, and I wouldn't be shocked if they're back in the NBA Finals. I don't necessarily know if I completely trust the Thunder yet, although obviously Gilgis Alexander, I'm crying. superstar there. And I think <clears throat> OKC and Minnesota are in a bit of similar situations. I think Minnesota, a little bit more experienced. I really like the Clippers, but you got to figure with them it's health, and they've been playing phenomenal basketball. So they're also a team to worry about. But I think right now I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jokic puts together an even better playoff run than he did last year. And the Nuggets are representing the West in the NBA Finals. Do we see? I'll open this up to everybody. Do we see the? Uh, I mean, we've had. I think it's more of a Clippers thing, more of a Clippers and a Nuggets. Um, I'm just being real. Like the Clippers have been very dominant since they've clicked with Harden, and I see them being a potential buzzsaw. But I want to open it up to everybody for about the East. I mean, it, it, does it just roll back to the Celtics, or do we see anybody else just kind of? Wrote, like just pretty much dominating throughout the entirety of the Eastern Conference playoffs. I, I mean, maybe the Cavs, but I mean, Sam, what, what do you see? I mean, it's, for me, it's the Celtics. It's just the Celtics. There's no other team that can possibly beat them to go to the NBA Finals. It could have been the Philadelphia 76ers for all the Sixers fans listening out there, but I don't know the hell the Joel Embiid, what it's going to be like in the playoffs. Buddy Hill was a great addition. Max, he's taking great stripes forward. Now, if Embiid never got injured, you can say that the Sixers could challenge them. But no, I ultimately do think that the that the Celtics are going to the finals. 
They're going to represent the East, and they're going to go with ease. Yeah, with Embiid coming back, I'll swing it over to you, Ray. He's, he's, there's been rumors that he's projected to come back in in late March, which is a very good sign because he comes back for the end of the season and uh, the playoffs as well that start up in mid-April. But they've brought themselves down from a 2-3 seed to a 5-6-7 seed, and they're going to have tough competition in the beginning of the playoffs when Embiid is healthy if they stay at that range of seeding. Um, but right now, let's look at it. Sixth seed, and that means they're going up against the third seed in the first round. That's the Milwaukee Bucks, who the Bucks just beat the crap out of. Um, they beat the crap out of the Sixers this past week. And but the problem is, is that Doc Rivers hasn't been consistent as a Bucks coach, though. So, I what do you see from Philadelphia um, if they stay at the same seeding that they are currently now in the sixth spot? I agree, of course. Like, have, losing Embiid is obviously a big loss, and like they need him back badly, of course. But as as the sixth seed for their team, again, and going up against, like, of course, the Bucks or even like the Cavs potentially, if seedings change, like the Bucks, of course, as you mentioned, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is yet yeah, not a consistent coach. He's um been been choking Game Sevens for a long time. He. Lost Game Seven last year for the Sixers. Lost in twenty twenty one, and then like he's just he just wasn't able to get them out of the second round. So it's just the Sixers have been in a tough spot, and of course Joel Embiid losing him is just like a a big statement because like it's just I don't know they just don't know what they're they're just not playing well. They have ever since the seventy point performance against the Spurs back in January, like they the Sixers have just not looked like that dominant compared to like when they have Embiid on the court compared and now of course but they do obviously of course like the main number one of course being Tyrese Maxey which of course he's a great player but like it's not like he's not like Embiid level so the six if if they stay the six seed like there definitely is a chance if Embiid comes back but we're just got to see who they play but if they play the Bucks. I could see that going like six or seven games because of Doc Rivers. And Tom, looking at the 76ers, I mean, they've they've gotten some trade acquisitions with Buddy Heald, right, who's been developing as a very, very good sharpshooter for Philadelphia. But do you see them climbing the ranks at all when Embiid returns towards the end of the season, maybe before he returns? How do you see the rest of the season turn out for Philadelphia? I think they're going to stay right there, probably around that 5-6 range maybe they get up to the four if they get Embiid back you know before the playoffs start or maybe where there's enough regular season time to maybe overtake the Knicks but honestly as the guys were mentioning about the Eastern Conference I really don't see a team that could beat Boston right now I mean Boston's been playing unbelievable basketball team basketball they're really deep I don't trust Missoula in big time situations but I trust that they have enough talent and it just seems like Milwaukee they're I would argue they're more talented than Boston. Yeah, I think you can really make that argument with Damon Giannis, but I don't trust Doc Rivers in playoff series. I'd argue I trust him less than Missoula even. I mean, that's kind of debatable, but I just don't really see anybody in this Eastern Conference. I don't think the Knicks are talented enough. I also have coaching concerns there. I think it's Boston's conference. I think if Boston doesn't come out of the East this year, I think it's a massive, massive disappointment. Yeah, and for the West, I'll keep it with you, Tom. Um, for the West, do you see, um, do, like, for the Clippers or for someone like the Nuggets, do you see anybody, uh, any of these Eastern or Western Conference teams that beat the Celtics? It just seems like the Celtics are kind of at this powerhouse right now. Yeah, they are. And, and I don't really necessarily think the West is as dominant as we've seen it in the past. I'd argue that the two, three, four in the East is better than the two, three, four in the West. I think you can make that a serious argument. I also think the West kind of thins out. I like New Orleans, but I don't really love them. I don't love Sacramento in a playoff series. Luka's obviously phenomenal, but the Mavericks, I think, are limited on the defensive, even with their ads at the deadline. But I think it's Boston's time. This feels, earlier on in the season, I thought with the season that Joel Embiid was having, this felt like the Sixers' year. With that injury, it feels now like it's the Celtics here. Yeah, I definitely agree that the that Philadelphia did have it. They had it pretty much in their grasp to be that team that actually got over the hump, the Doc Rivers hump that some people would call it. I mean, they even had it with uh, with Brown 
but um, the problem is is that they've just been at this uh, this Eastern semis hump that they couldn't get over, and it, this year felt like the year, but it it just kind of collapsed as soon as Embiid um, got injured this year. He had the great seventy point performance, which definitely made me feel like Philadelphia was going to run the East, but. It's it's now in Boston's hands to kind of take over the East um, this year in the playoffs. But um, yeah, the the basketball is it's it. There's a lot of things that turn the tables, and Embiid has really turned the tables with when he's on the court. He's an absolute force to be reckoned with, and no matter who's around him, that team will most likely win. But when he's out, that that team just changes and they drop down to the the sixth seed in the standings um but going back to the west very tight where you have timberwolves at one the the thunder with a tied record at two so there's no games between them they're tied for first you have the nuggets two games back clippers three you have mavericks at eight you have warriors and lakers at nine and ten but ray this is a huge a table turner for LeBron and Curry because these two teams are now playing teams when they, they might meet in the first, the very first round of the playoffs. Technically, the play-in tournament when they've been battling it out in uh, in the finals for they, when they they've battled out for the finals in like three straight years, four straight years. Yeah, it was four straight years with the Cavs and Warriors back, back to back to back to back, and of course now and then yeah the Lakers. And Warriors are now, of course, in that position. The Warriors have been playing well as of lately, and of course, they beat the Lakers last week. But they're just like not in their like usual like spots. Like last year, the Warriors were finishes the sixth seed. The Lakers were the seven and a playing team, but they did win and then, of course, make that run, beating the Grizzlies and then the Warriors as well. So, Bron, LeBron, and Curry, they're both their teams. They um. There's definitely chances for both of them, but like, of course, they just they just gotta like, of course, they just wanna they just wanna um do what they could have done last year, but it's not gonna be easy because this West team has a lot of young talent, as we mentioned, of course, the Thunder, really young team, the Timberwolves who have been great all year, the Clippers with Harden, after they started slow but they've gotten on fire, and th- there's just a lot of, and then of course the, the NBA champion Nuggets like. It's not. It wouldn't be for either the Warriors or the Lakers for LeBron or Curry. It's. It wouldn't be easy again, be it compared to like back when they were playing the finals every year. Yeah, the the it's turned for both of them. Um, but now we'll see them potentially in the very first round of the play-in tournament. Uh, if things stay the same, but we're gonna take a quick step off from this Wednesday edition of Offsides. When we come back, we're gonna be talking about the world of baseball and the start of uh, spring training and how everything is going for uh, the teams that have started playing. You're listening to Offsides RunRadio.com Channel Two. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Tune in to Rowan Radio for a community affair with me, WGLS-FM Assistant News Director Riley Adams. Each week, I'll discuss with local and national newsmakers topics that affect you and our community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. You are tuned in to Offsides, RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. We've been talking about the world of basketball. Max Struess hitting a half-court heat for the win and hitting five three-pointers in five minutes to end the Cavaliers and Mavericks game with a two-point victory for Cleveland. 
But we were also talking about the whole basketball world as a whole and how the Eastern Conference and Western Conference may or may not turn out. But um, Celtics being a powerhouse as well as a very tight Western Conference, only eight games splitting the top eight teams. But now we're going to turn it over to baseball. My name's Jack Miller, and joined with me today is Tom Hill, Aiden Ray, and Sam Prince. And guys, baseball is starting up again, and uh, we're getting the whole jersey controversy Um throughout the entire world of baseball, including players and some coaches and stuff like that. Um, but Tom, the the Royals, they actually said, screw the small lettering of the back of the jerseys uh, this year. We're going to stay with these big lettering on the jerseys, and they it, it looks better. It really does look better on the field. They did. There was like a little comparison picture. I think they were playing the Angels, I believe. And the the difference is incredible because the bigger lettering does just looks visually pleasing. Visually pleasing, and it just looks more professional. You know, these like small lettering and the small names, and obviously there's the issue with the see-through jersey and yeah. it being almost like see-through clear. Pants, yeah. So I don't understand what MLB did deciding to go with Fanatics to make their jerseys, but... That's the decision they went with, and I got to give the Royals credit in sticking with the big lettering. Obviously, it's not the end of the world with the new jerseys and the small lettering, but it's going to be really interesting during a uh, rain delay some point in the season to yeah. see what happens there because that might be a PR nightmare for baseball, to say the least. Yeah, it might be a television uh, nightmare where there might be some sensors out there. I mean, let's just... Long story short, let's just hope they're wearing cups, you know, so that the censoring can naturally work itself. But what were you going to say, Sam? We know there's going to be some guy who before this year didn't wear underwear during a game. <laughs> some guy's a commando. And, and it's going to get <laughs> sweaty or something, and let's just say they should just start wearing a cup for the minimum, bare minimum. Yeah, I think everyone's going to have to start wearing a cup because it's it's known around social media that these, these pants are becoming see-through um, pretty much, but... Um, Ray, did, did you see the, the Royals picture at all where they had the big lettering and the, the Angels uh, comparison at all or no? I have not seen the picture. But it looks bad. I would recommend looking it up, but it's it's it to me it just looks better. It goes back to natural baseball jerseys and stuff like that. Um, but the spring training has just gotten started. Um, I know you and Sam uh, both love your Yankees. Love um, my Yankees. And uh, – Spencer Jones hit a 470 foot bomb in the in his uh in one of his first at bats in spring training and absolutely launched it. You guys have a lot of good prospects in your farm system, but you also have a lot of talent in the majors to go around it. So Spencer Jones, he might climb the ranks of the minor leagues, but it's hard when there's a very contested outfield for you guys as well with Judge Soto as well as Verdugo and Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, a very consistent outfield. So, of course, Spencer Jones hit a 470-foot homer against the Tigers on Saturday, which very very exciting homer. But, of course, it's not going to – yeah, again, not going to be easy because Judge, Soto, Verdugo, Trent Grisham, and Stan, all, there's a lot of names in the outfield for this season. So, you, you got to like – oh, yeah, and even like Jason Dominguez you could even mention yeah. too because there's so many names. The options are endless for – the Yankees outfield for the season and knowing there's 162 games got to do it got to um choose wisely yeah you really do but uh Sam you seems like you need to get something off your chest a little bit about these Yankees you me- you mentioned Verdugo and look at the time I-, I i still am excited to see Verdugo i'm a fan of him even though he's a Red Sox i see him being in a trade package where the Yankees go out and trade for maybe some like a Dylan Cease because you, you mentioned all these outfielders, and you mentioned Spencer Jones, Juan Soto. If you want to keep Juan Soto long-term, got to play the field. Then you got Spencer Jones and Dominguez. Maybe you see an Aaron Judge move to first base for the 2025 season because he's been getting some reps there because he's a big-body guy. He wants to keep on playing. I don't know how much longer he can sustain playing in center field and right field position for his career if he wants to be the captain of the Yankees. And eventually, hopefully, win a World Series. But you also talk about he's going to play first. And Rizzo is a free agent, so they're probably not going to sign him. So just talk about, think about this, guys. Potential outfield for the Yankees. Spencer Jones, Juan Soto, 
and Jason Tamias. That's that is a good lineup. I mean, that's a very young, powerful lineup, Tom. But Sam mentioned the thing, the fact that he that they could be or that Aaron Judge can be a first baseman, kind of like what Bryce Harper did for Philadelphia. He, I mean, when he came back, I mean, he couldn't even play the outfield, so they just put him over at first, uh, helped out his his Tommy John, and uh, it, he that's where he's staying uh, pretty much for the rest of his career, which is a good fit. And now you can get you can explore some outfield options, um, and there's definitely some rumors that once Juan Soto comes out of the the Yankees, that they're going to be in contention for Juan Soto. So, um, but. Do you see that actually being possible? I mean, last year the injury was because Judge was in right field and the gate collapsed on him in, at Dodger Stadium. So for him, for the Yankees and Aaron Judge to make sure that he does not become injury-prone and become a consistent captain, uh, as Sam was saying. So uh, do you see that actually happening at some point, or do you see Judge kind of managing the outfield because he's got some speed on him. He can play center play right but you can put him anywhere in the outfield and he'll be successful yeah I agree with Sam I think eventually they're going to make the move over to first I'm a little shocked that they're going to roll him out in center this season it'd be interesting to see obviously this season is kind of a test to see what they'll do with Soto I just I just remembered you are a Yankee fan right I am I I'm surrounded by Bronx. Okay, yeah. continue. Isn't that, isn't Bronx that Bronx amazing? Bombers, yep. so, so Juan Soto's playing right, and it's Aaron beautiful. Judge is playing center. So it's going to be interesting to see if they re-sign Juan Soto long-term. At what point do they decide, hey, we're going to put Judge at first? Because if he gets hurt again this season, I think you have to seriously consider making him the permanent first baseman in 2025, letting Anthony Rizzo walk, as Sam mentioned. So that – is something that I think they're going to do eventually because they want to try to maximize his bat. And as much as he's an elite defensive right fielder, we don't necessarily know if he's an elite defensive center fielder. That MVP season in 2022, he did spend a lot of time in center. But, you know, you want a ranger, rangier, quicker, faster player out there. And Judge had the injury in L.A. last year playing in right. I don't necessarily think it's better for him to play center where he's running more and has to – cover more ground with more responsibility I think eventually maybe two three years down the line they're gonna move him over to first base or at least DH him more than they do right now yeah so well I'll stay with that then because Stanton's the DH pretty much he's gotten slimmer we saw it he got slimmer um dropped I don't I don't know how many pounds but 30 30 30 pounds but that's that's a lot of weight for Giancarlo to drop because he's a very he was very a very bulk dude right but he got slimmer, cut some weight off, but he's that DH, but you just have him screwed in this contract that's so large that you can't really even trade him. You're kind of just stuck with him, right? But when do you make that move to DH and have Giancarlo Stanton actually play in the field? I think Giancarlo Stanton's days in the outfield are numbered. I think... At most, you maybe see about 20 games with him. Although, he does look slimmer, so we'll see what he looks like in this new body. But I have no confidence in Stanton playing the outfield. I mean, this is a guy who we're fearful about ripping everything while he's running the first base. I do like him in left field. If he can maybe fill in for Verdugo when Verdugo maybe plays DH one day, I can maybe see him one or two days a week play left field at most. I mean, yeah, when Verdugo maybe has the day off, he'll go out and, r- and left or whatever. But Soto, he'll play one of the corner outfields. I don't I don't see him playing center field. I really don't. I don't think he's got the speed for it. That's, that's uh, he's, a, he's a mobile dude, but I don't it, think he's as mobile as someone like Judge. That's why if you trade Verdugo for, let's just say, Dylan Cease, you can, and Dominguez is not back, you can put Trent Grissoms there in center field, who's an excellent defensive center fielder. He is. He is. Yeah. Grisham, I completely forgot about Grisham. Grisham, he's definitely a guy that you got to look at for utility. But uh, it's you got a lot of question marks. There's a lot of it's, it's what the Yankees is. There's a lot of talent, but that's a good problem to have. But once you you got to put the pieces in the correct order. The problem is now you have all this talent in the outfield. You don't really have too much talent in the infield. I mean, you guys have Volpe. Who's over a third? Well, LeMahieu. It, it is second, LeMahieu. Who's the second? Torres. Torres, Torres right. is a free agent, 2025. Peraza should be the starting third baseman, and then Rizzo is first. I mean, Rizzo, uh, 
last season basically a wash for him as he played with a concussion. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Alex Bregman. He's a free agent after this season. I, I really wouldn't mind signing him to like a five, six-year deal. He would definitely be an interesting target. I mean, assuming LeMahieu has an injury-prone season or he's well, subpar, but that'd definitely be an interesting well, target. Tom. So you guys are saying that uh, – oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Sam, it's but right. even with Verdugo, you guys are saying that Verdugo is like a trade piece. Do you guys seeing a move for the infield with Verdugo as a trade option? I mean, what? How, like how would you – how would you use Verdugo in a trade situation when you're trying to get an infielder by the trade deadline? Well, Jack, let's talk about who's available. Yeah. Who do you think will be available? Well, there'll be a lot of guys Some available. guy that's going to make an immediate impact. Also, you have Peraza, who's a very underrated third baseman who deserves more playing time. And, and then, look, Torres, I think they're going to ultimately re-sign him. You maybe you play with a judge or a stance. I'm going to say this. Maybe Sand goes to first for a couple games. Or so, I know, I know how crazy you're looking at me. Like, what? No, are you I'm talking not, I don't, about the thing is, though, is you have Rizzo. That's the issue. That's the thing. That's the problem. Like, Rizzo, I I think he'll get 25 homers, OPS. So, do you think that you guys would use Rizzo as a trade piece? I would love to as a Yankee fan, but I don't think it will happen realistically because he's best friends with Judge. Yeah, that is a that and is a good point. Teams are going to want controllable guys. I, I'm actually shocked that the Yankees didn't trade Spencer Jones for maybe a Corbin Burns. No, I don't think they're going to. Spencer uh, Jones is Corbin, and I understand Spencer Jones is a phenomenal player, but we also think Jason Dominguez is going to be a phenomenal player. And if we're going to keep Juan Soto and Aaron Judge is here long term, unless you just have Spencer Jones move to first, or maybe you make Judge the permanent first baseman, you have to in that in that scenario. You would, if if Spencer Jones is coming up, you're putting him in center field. I don't care what you say. That guy covers so much ground; it's unbelievable. You have to put Judge at first in that situation because I when I was calling games for Blue Rocks, people for the Blue Rocks would hit in the gap against the Hudson Valley Renegades, and Spencer Jones would find a way to track it down and catch it. It's it's unbelievable to watch his speed and coverage of center field that you have to put him out in center, especially when you don't really have a, you have a slightly smaller outfield in. The, at Yankee Stadium, so that helps extremely well for Spencer Jones's sake. But you have to keep him in center. You would have to put Judge or Stanton, someone else. So at let's first. just say in a perfect world, twenty twenty five, it's in center Jones. In right, you have Soto. Maybe left, you have Dominguez. Then first, you have Judge. And then you. As much as I love Stan, I'm, I'm always been a fan of him. If he doesn't have a bounce back year, you may just have to bite the bull and just DFA him. Yeah, eat the money. We've seen that sometimes in sports. It's not ideal. I think back to the Burns point, I think the Yankees are looking at it like this. Juan Soto, it's kind of a test it, prove it year. And Corbin Burns has kind of been the same boat where he's kind of testing yeah. it and trying to prove it. So I guess the Yankees didn't want to, you know, gut their system to Milwaukee for a guy who they might, may not re-sign. And I also think there'd be – like, I think this 2024 season, obviously in terms of players and positioning, it's going to be interesting, Jones and Dominguez, as well as Judge. But I think the Yankees are looking at it like, we're going to address the 2024 season being, do we need pitching for 2025 or do we need offense? And if you need offense, you're going to lock up Soto. But if you need pitching, maybe you throw a bunch of money at Burns. Uh, it's first, a lot of options to think about. First of all, are we really thinking Juan Soto is prove it year? Juan Soto is arguably well, the best hitter in baseball. Juan Soto, not necessarily proven in terms of talent, but it's one of those things where if he is so otherworldly like Judge in 2022, then a team might just be willing to give him $55 million well, a year. That's why, and I don't know if the Yankees are willing to go well, there. Well, that's why the Yankees should pay him now. They could try. But the judges camp did it back in 2022. They set up a date. I think it was a date right before the regular season started. I think it was like March 30th of that year. I believe you are right. And judges camp was like, hey, Cashman, get a deal done now. We're going to be willing to sign this deal. But if you don't want to pay us, we're going to go into the 2022 season with nothing to lose, and we're going to just essentially play for the next contract. And that's what Judge did. I'm actually shocked that the Yankees kept Judge. I thought he was going to go make money somewhere else. Oh, I thought he was going to be a giant, too. Yeah, I, I just thought his season Arson was Judge. too great. Arson. Yeah. Well, if you look at it, too, Juan Soto is also a Scott Boras client. And Scott Boras clients usually never sign those extensions right before the year starts. They like to wait till the last possible second to get the most amount of money. I mean, 
Look, you also talk about Corbin Burns. Burns said he does not want to sign a contract right away with the team. He wants a test-free agency, so maybe that scared the Yankees up because they wanted to lock him up. Well, pitchers, I think it's also smarter to do because as a pitcher, you're more likely to get injured. So I wouldn't really fault teams for not signing pitchers maybe a year earlier than free agency. Obviously, the risk in waiting, if you're the team, is that if they're just an animal after the 2024 season, then the money keeps getting higher and higher. And maybe a guy who's worth $35 million a year is only worth like 40, is now worth 40 or 45. It's a little bit risky for the player because if they just take a dip with injury or production, they could be losing out on maybe about $15-20 million overall. But I think to Sam's point, I think Soto's just going to play this season out, and then we're going to see where he signs in 2025. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a precaution thing for uh, Juan Soto because Giancarlo Stanton was a sure signing where you sign him five years for the godly money that he got. Um, but... The thing is, is with him, like that was such a guaranteed contract. And now with Soto, you give him one year and it kind of is a prove it year. Prove your worth because now you have to make sure that he's actually worth multiple years, a lot more money than you gave him this year. And it's kind of Cashman saying, we're taking the risk on Soto right now. It's not really a risk, but we're we're jumping in on the boat, right? And we'll give him a year, but you got to make sure that there is consistency with you. Like, this wasn't just a streak, just like Giancarlo did with Miami. This isn't a streak that you just had. Um, but that's that's the whole deal with, I think, Soto is that you ha- he has to earn his money. He's got to earn his extension. I, I think you're exactly right, Tom. I think he has to earn his extension. Um, but, Ray, what do you think about this whole situation? I mean, a lot of talent. Um, Juan Soto, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, the position changed with Stanton potentially or Aaron Judge that Sam was talking about. What do you think about this whole stuff that we've been talking about? A lot of talent is right. And, of course, like Soto, you got to like see how he, does, how, he does, how he does this year to um, bring him back, even though he obviously is one of, the, one of the best players in all of baseball, dominated with the Nationals, and then, of course, had a solid stint with the Padres. But, like, he's just been – he's – of course, real young guy, which deserves to get a bag pretty soon with a lot of money. He's like at the end of this contract, he'll be 26 years old. So there's still he he's obviously still gonna have a lot to play for after this season. And like you got to see what happens with him since there's also since yeah Judge Stanton and then Verdugo in the outfield. Um, Trent Trent Grisham with. The Soto trade, and then of course prospects like Jason Dominguez and Spencer Jones. Spencer Jones, of course, was in Double A the end off last season, so he still got time to go up after during this season. But just what I gotta say is, I just want to see what Soto can do for the Yankees and produce, just like hopefully, just like he did with the Nationals, because Soto was a big piece of that 2019 World Series that they went on to win. Yeah, and he was. What's crazy is that what's crazy is that he was able to pretty much beat up Justin Verlander and the and the Astros uh, that year before he was able to, before he was legally able to drink, which is kind of insane. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, but uh, Soto, it's 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 weird to say that this young of a talent has already a World Series title and World Series experience, which is what the Yankees need at this point. You you guys haven't made it to the World Series since two thousand nine. And you just need some experience. That's why you have Rizzo in there because he was able to go in that 2016 run. And now adding Soto is huge for someone like Judge, who's trying to climb that World Series mountain for you guys, because you guys have been fiending for it. You want to add number 28 into your uh, repertoire of World Series titles, but um, it's just you guys want to at least just get there to the bare minimum this year. To me, this year it seems like make or break it. Like it, if you guys don't make it to the World Series at least then the season's kind of kind of cooked for you guys like well, then it's like what was the whole point of this year um and that's that's what the whole Yankee situation looks like but um what what do you, do you want to say anything Sam or? oh okay but yeah but it seems like it's make or break it Tom this year because you kind of are putting it's like with with Soto at, with adding Soto into the mix and having still all these prospects that you have it seems like Cashman's saying all our chips are out there and we want to win. 
Yeah, it seems like, and when we touched on this with the Soto contract situation and how he might go sign somewhere else after this season, it is do or die in 2024. And I think the Yankees know that, which is why they signed Stroman to the deal. And then with Rodon coming back, hopefully he's healthy and pitches like he did in 22 and 21. And Nestor Cortez as well. So if one of those lefties can come back and at least be what they've been before 2023, it's going to make your rotation so much deeper. I like the bullpen. I don't love it completely, but I do like it. And I think with Judge, Soto, this offense – Outside of maybe Houston in the AL, I like Texas, but I do think that their peak was last season. They have a lot of young offensive talent, but I don't completely trust their rotation. But outside of maybe Houston, I don't know. This feels like the year that the Yankees could go on a run and get to the World Series. And I think if they don't, and it's another exit to Houston or maybe to Texas in the ALCS, and it's because of offense where you don't hit with runners in scoring position, we're going to have the same issue next offseason, and it's going to be, what do you do with Soto? Why do they always seem to fall apart in the playoffs? And the cycle's just going to repeat. And Sam, last thing I want to talk about, I mean, if you have any holes in this year with the Yankees, you have the trade pieces. So you guys have you can you guys can find ways. There are pieces to the puzzle that you guys can find later this year come trade deadline you can figure everything out and make that run that you guys really want to. But it's also a tough division. You guys have the Orioles. You guys have the Blue Jays, who I'm a little questionable about. I'm not a big fan of the Blue Jays. But the thing is that there's, there's also the Rays. and The, the Rays, Jack, are always that team, sorry to cut you off, are sneaky good. That's exactly what I was going to say, yeah. You know, they get rid of glass now, but they're going to find some other random guy from the Pirates double-A team to make a all-star because that's just who the Rays are and now then you also go against the Red Sox and the Red Sox have a 78 win team this year then you know I think the Orioles are ultimately going to win the division as of right now as so you think the Yankees are gonna I think they're coming in second I don't see them as a team that's coming in first place because you look at this pitching Jack and Tom and Aiden who scares you besides Garrett Cole uh, I mean, nobody. nobody. Maybe Stroman in like a ten-game spurt, ten no, no, start no, just, spurt. Just right now, and pitching-wise, yeah. I mean, if the thing is, is that Rodon has to get back to his giant form, and I, I, I believe he will mid-season. But then, but you you're know, saying at the start of the start of the season, season as of February twenty-eighth. Yeah. Also, guys, you know, it's been said by Juan Soto that he's like, it would be pretty cool to see both Cy Young winners on this team this year. Judges made comments about Snell. If they get Blake Snell, I mean... Is that the final piece? That could be the final piece. I also do think they need a, another reliever, but every team needs another reliever. Yeah, because there's so many there's so many guys in the bullpen. I mean, yeah, you're right. Anyone can use an extra an extra arm. I mean, if we're talking about my Phillies, they could have used a they could have used a less arm, honestly. Yeah, you're talking about Craig Kimble. Of course I am. Shout out Craig Kimble. You uh, know Craig Kimble's not on the O's, so yeah, that's good for it, you guys. <laughs> we play. But, he was scary back in the day. Oh yeah, but he was he was scary in the regular season. It's just once playoffs. Came oh, around, so like just, Kershaw. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you right. know, Clint, I'm also we also Tom. You also talked about this offense falling apart in the postseason. I'm almost afraid. That this team is like the Dodgers of last year, who has this amazing regular season. We have the hopes high as could be. Judge, one for 20. Soto, two for 10. Stanton, not in the lineup due to an injury back in August. Uh, Exactly. Is that a potential fear for you guys? Yes. It's always a fear because they've done it for the last seven years. Last two years ago in 2020. I can't believe 2022 is two years ago, guys. That's kind of crazy to think about. 2022, guys, this team was supposed to be, you know, beat the Mariners' single season wins record. But then you also look at it like this. Uh, they were You knew they were going to follow Houston. Unless you beat the King, the King is still the King, and the King is still Houston. Yeah. And, uh, this King needs to be slaughtered, and that's what Texas did. They slaughtered the King, and... They became the king of the AL West as well as the American League and the entire league. And that's where we're going to end it off here on 
for, for this part of offsides, we're going to talk about one more thing. We're going to, it's relating to the king. Who do we think the king is next year, this coming season? Who do we think the king is going to be? We're going to make our very, very early World Series prediction live here on Offsides right after these short messages. Again, you're listening to Offsides, RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? (gasps) Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Tune in to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Join me, Allie Bruce, and the rest of the Roan Radio news team as we bring you a recap of weekly news covering local, national, and international stories. Plus, we'll take a look at sports and entertainment news, too. For news around the region and around the world, listen to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and online at roanradio.com. You're tuned into Offsides, RunRadio.com, Channel 2. Welcome back, everyone, to this Wednesday edition of Offsides. I'm joined with Aiden Ray, Tom Hill, and Sam Prince, your host, Jack Miller. And, guys, we've talked about a lot. We talked about a bunch of Yankees situations of what they can go through, as well as the world of basketball, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, breaking them down. And now we're going to make our way, 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 way too early World Series predictions. Uh, I mean, you guys were talking about your frets of the Yankees becoming the Dodgers of last year or this past year where you had Mookie Betts and Freeman combining for, I believe, one hit in three games. And that's your fear this year with also injuries. But I want to talk about um, the king of 2024 for Major League Baseball here on February 28th. Who do we think is going to be the king of baseball in November? Ray, we'll start with you. All right. So, starting off in the American League, since uh, I'm going to start off in the American League, since, of course, AL. Um, real stuff. I'm, I'm like debating, like thinking between, of course, the Orioles and then the Astros, because, of course, the Astros are like, obviously, as I've mentioned before, a really complete team, and they have a lot of playoff experience. I don't think the Rangers go back to back. By the way, um, Astros, of course, um, and then Orioles. I say because they're building up their experience. But I'm, but obviously, but I'll just stick with the Astros for now. So the, Astros, yeah, and Astros. For the AL. Who do you got for NL? For NL, um, um, this is this is hard. I'm just. There's not a lot. Yeah, it's weird with the NL because there's not. Too much talent, but when there's talent, there's a lot of talent. So it's it's either hit or miss for the National League. But once yeah, there's it, talent, it there's talent there. Like you got Dodgers, Braves, uh, you got Phillies as well in the mix. Um, the, the Central's not really that. Yeah, Central's tested. Se- Central's not like DV. There's just like between because it's always between like the East and the West for like the AL and NL. Yeah. And out of the NL East or not NL East, out of the NL. Um. I could see the Phillies making a run again. Um, of course, the Dodgers. Um, I mean, the Dodgers, I could see them losing to the NLDS or making the World Series. But as of right now, I'm just going to keep it basic. Astros, Dodgers. Well, okay. And then who do you see winning the whole thing? And then we'll go to Utah. I'll say Houston, I'll say Houston again. Houston over the Dodgers. It, it pains me to say again because, like, obviously knowing me, I would love love my Yankees to win. Um, But I'm not, I'm not like – don't want to have biases right now. Just want to be like completely honest. As of February twenty eighth, there's still a lot of baseball to be. Pl- there's gonna be a lot of baseball yeah. to be played till the next eight months. I'm just gonna start off basic, but once we get into like mid season, it's gonna everything's gonna change, and then boom. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but Ray bleeds orange. Tom, who do you bleed? 
This hurts you a little bit. I'm bleeding red and dark blue for the Atlanta Braves because I think the Atlanta Braves are going to no, win we're the cutting, World nope, Series. No, we're cutting your mic. Cutting your and mic. I think nope. they're going to defeat the Houston Astros in six games. I think the Braves are going to get Max Fried Okay, healthy. Sam, what did you say? He's going to be <laughs> phenomenal this season. Obviously, Spencer Strider is always a lock to be in the Cy Young contention because that's a top three pitcher in baseball. And their lineup – is phenomenal. They haven't been able to get it done. The Phillies have been a thorn in their side the last two postseasons, but I think this a is the thorn. year at all. A sword, man. A sword. Stab them in the heart every year. Yeah, the Phillies have owned yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll come to an end. Yeah. So, Astros, I think because... I'll see it till I believe it, Tom. I don't necessarily know if I love the Astros pitching, but I think Framber Valdez will have a bounce back year. I think Christian Javier should be a little bit better. So you see a 2021 rematch I do. with the same result. With the same result. Exact same result. Six games. I think the Braves will win it, but I think it's going to be a more fun series because we're going to get Acuna. There's going to be offense. You never know. I mean, we thought we were going to see Acuna in 2021, but we didn't. Yeah, that's true. But hey, you got a rank. They'll take that. They'll get a rank. Yeah. So when you you take a look at the Braves, obviously on paper they've always been great, but I think this is the year they're really going to put it together and win it. They're deep. Acuna, Riley, Olsen, Sean Murphy, Albies. That's phenomenal lineup. Phenomenal two pitchers. I think they get it done this year. Obviously, we still have to get to baseball. It's not even early in the baseball season because it's not even the baseball season. So a lot can happen, injuries, things can change. But right now on February 28th, Braves over Astros. All right, I'm happy you're leaving. You got your pop flavor show. I, I'm, I'm officially kicking you out of offsides, but uh, especially after the Braves thing, Tom. I, hold on, he's he didn't even turn the mic on. Continue. <laughs> Jack, I, I don't think you're like my prediction either. As we oh, also have, have kick the same... You out? Matchup, but we don't have the exact same result. You think as Houston's well? I still winning? think the Braves are going to win over the Astros. I think they're going to win in seven. Thank you, Ray, for being the only sane one. I appreciate you. And Ronald Acuna Jr. is your World Series MVP. Who? Ronald Acuna Jr. I thought you just said the Houston Astros were winning the World Series. No, I said we have the exact same matchup, but a little, little different. A little different could go. Oh, okay. Uh, he has it in six. I have it in seven. Oh, okay, okay. I, I think ultimately you put a line the Braves lineup one through nine. You fear everyone in that lineup. Look, as he mentioned, Spencer Strider, Max Fried. You have the best one two punch in baseball. You also talk about look, the Dodgers, they're gonna be really good, but I feel like they're gonna lose against the Braves in the NLCS. Next year could be the Dodgers year. But this Braves team, it's their time to win another World Series. As I know, Jack, you hate it. I hate but, it. I want to cut your mic, so I want to turn this off button. It's like me with the so Astros. Bad. I hate it, but it's gonna, it's probably right. going to happen again. Yeah. And I just have to hey, accept you it. you got to the World Series in 2022. Yeah. You should have won. But Yeah, we should have. I, w- I wish y'all won, man. Yeah. That perfect game. Or not perfect game. The no-hitter killed us. But that killed our entire momentum. Especially uh, uh, the game after Chaz McCormick snagged one at the wall. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to not cry inside. Um, I'm going to say for the American League, I actually legitimately think that it's either going to be someone from the AL East, and that's going to be the Orioles or the Yankees. Well, I prefer if it was the Yankees. I, I genuinely think like those two guys, or those two teams, I should say, are the teams to beat this entire year. I, like Every time I see Orioles and Yankees play each other this year, it's like, this is potential AL East or AL Cent, uh, ALCS um, when, competition right here know, because they're honestly, my opinion, the two best teams in the American League. I don't care about Houston and Texas right now or anyone in the AL Central even. Those two teams, the uh, the Orioles and the Yankees, are my two favorites to win the American League. All right, so who's going to win the World Series? But who? I think that I. I can't. No, I'm not saying the Braves. You're, you're, you're gonna say it. No, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. It's either gonna be Phillies or Dodgers. Um, but I think that I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't want any bias towards me, so I'm gonna say Dodgers. Um, but I here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, and I've said this on tenth inning a lot. I don't, and it's not a World Series prediction right now. What I'm gonna say, but I said this a lot in tenth inning. I think Ray heard it before, but. Do not be surprised if the Royals make a run in the playoffs. That's oh, all yeah, I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I'm I think I've heard you say it before. Royals, 
Royals might make a wild card run, kind of like the Diamondbacks did last year, the Phillies did in in the prior year. I think they could have a chance to make a run. Don't be surprised if they go far they, in the playoffs. That's all did, I'm saying. They did sign some guys as well, so exactly. they've been in a I don't good think spot. it's the Royals who make the Diamondbacks, but I think it would be the Mariners if it had to be one. I don't even think they make the playoffs. I really don't. I don't think they have the hitting for it. They don't have – you can't win base strictly off of pitching. I really think that the Orioles – not the Orioles, the Royals have it to, together to an extent. They don't have all the pitching yet. They could go in the trade deadline, make some moves – and if they do, it has to be towards starting pitchers because you can't have Jordan Lyle in this starting rotation unless he makes some improvement. Then I understand the reason he stayed in the starting rotation. But don't be surprised to make a run. For my World Series prediction, though, I do think it's going to be the Orioles. I think the Orioles win the championship and the whole thing this year. I'm sorry, but I genuinely you, you think— You were psyching me up. I thought—I I, I, I knew someone in the AL East, but I'm going to go with the Orioles. Um, I'm going to bleed orange as well as Ray, but— I'm going with the Orioles side. Um, I mean, you had it coming. You had you're telling me about all this Braves talk, Braves talk nonsense. <laughs> so we're going Orioles. So. Uh, hey, I, I, we gave it to you. You know, you gotta give it back to us. Yep. So asking you shall receive, pretty much. But uh, do you guys? I mean, I see the Royals having a potential run. You see the Mariners, right? Do you see anybody making a run in the playoffs? Just anyone that's like an underdog team, just kind of making a surprising push for the title. Um, I don't. I, as of right now, I don't know. Um, I I say like um, sometimes. So I feel like like after what we saw from the Twins last year, they can go like a little deep because like they had like Royce Lewis, they have they have some of the pieces and they've been pretty solid. And then maybe the Guardians can go back again, like Jose Ramirez and the Guardians. Like, but like like when I say underdogs, it's specifically Central teams. Maybe the hmm. Cu- maybe the Cubs because the Cubs like choked that like leading the wild card to the Diamondbacks. Yeah. So. The That's Cubs could be a ch- Cubs could definitely be like a chance too. Do you see anyone else besides the Mariners, Sam? I see someone in the NL that can make a run, but not a postseason run. Who can be a surprising team where in the make, NL, right? Yeah, the NL. Okay, where they're just under a five hundred is the Washington Nationals. Oh, dude, that's what I've been saying on the tenth on tenth inning. I've said the Nationals have a James have a Wood. chance to be a sixth or fifth seed in the in the uh, NL. Who's going to help lead them? James Wood. Yeah, I know. Former Wilmington Blue Rock. <laughs> I also think like Cruz can develop. Um, I mean, C.J. Abrams. He had a fantastic year towards towards the end of the National season, and they have such young talent. You're absolutely right, Sam. And the the only hole I really see is the pitching. Exactly. Pitching. Yeah, it's the pitching. Um, old, the, Stre- old Steven Strasburg. They have Patrick Corbin. Strasburg's well, like, retired. Yeah, Strasburg's yeah. gone. He's suing the Nationals. Really? It's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. But um, but yeah. Spot for him. Yeah, but it's the pitching. They're going to have to find some ways to get the pitching. They didn't have the pitching last year. They didn't really make any moves. I mean, you have Josiah Gray, but for him to be your I ace, think, that's not where you want to think. He's for, like a 2-3 spot. For the Nationals, they just want to see their kids play. Yeah, and I think, that's I think they're going to have fun. I think they're going to be the Cincinnati Reds this year. I really, are, are, oh, I, that's an, that's another team that would be solid too. No, I don't see the Reds making it again. I don't. You are the biggest one of the biggest LED <laughs> fans I know. I was, I, I, I was. Was you? You're not anymore. I'm not as hype as I was anymore. Back in June. Yeah, back in May. Against June. Against, against the against the Braves in that one game. Oh where yeah, that was, was like great. a game yeah, of the cycle, year yeah. candidate. But um, I I do love the Reds. Like they have a soft spot in my heart. But I don't. I just there's a lot of. There's, I think there's other pieces that uh, that fit well in that wild card this year, especially since the Diamondbacks had a really good push to the World Series this you year. You mentioned a soft spot. What's the soft spot? I don't know. I just I like Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, right. Ellie De La Cruz is just a fun. He's cool. Ta- he's a cool talent to watch. So I still I still have Absolutely. thoughts in the back of my head. Should I buy his jersey? Should You're gonna buy it. I'm, you definitely I'm, should. No, now not. I'm getting peer pressure, it, man. Oh, I'm saying <laughs> like, that's what you do. Expand the you jersey buy collection. The player T-shirt. Mm. You could, I could buy a jersey. Yeah, I could a buy jersey. a jersey, but I I'd have to do the city connect. Their city connects are too sick. They're to so not buy clean. It. They're so clean. Yeah, I might have to just for the the memes of the podcast. But um, but that's gonna do it for this Wednesday edition of Offsides. We talked about a lot of baseball, um, also some basketball as well. But we broke everything down from east to west and a little bit of central, uh, counting baseball as well. But for Sam Prince, Tom Hill, who's now. Uh, hosting uh, Pop Flavor. If you want to listen to some pop music with Tom Hill, go over to Channel One or listen to Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. You can tune into him. For Aiden Ray, as well as myself, your host, Jack Miller. Thank you guys for tuning in to this Wednesday edition of All Sides and have a great rest of your Wednesday night. 
You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.